It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Our Locked On Cougars. This is your daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars. Thanks for joining us on a Monday edition of the show. A lot to get to like normal catching up on a weekend full of BYU sports. We'll talk a little bit about the outcome of the BYU basketball game at Gonzaga where the Cougars battled but fell to the number one Zags. We'll also talk some BYU football. Plenty to talk about there as well as well as catching up on everything else going on in BYU sports news. Locked On Cougars is proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network which is America's number one daily podcast network. And with that rundown out of the way, let's get going. This is Locked On Cougars for January 20th, 2020. What's up, guys? I'm Jay Catch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah. Thanks again for joining us on your daily podcast. Focus on the BYU Cougars here on Locked On Cougars. This podcast is available everywhere podcasts can be found. Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, essentially anywhere and everywhere a podcast can be listened to and or downloaded, you can catch this podcast. So please subscribe, rate, and review. That way you never miss a daily episode and you're always up to date with the latest in BYU sports news. Let's start off BYU basketball front. Uh, BYU struggles in a blowout loss to Gonzaga, 93-70, to but had I told you guys, no, sorry, 92 to 69. Why did I say 93 to 70? 92 to 69, excuse me. Had I told you guys that BYU would go to Gonzaga and shoot 50%, 50.9% from three, what would you think BYU's chances of winning this game would have been? Hmm, probably fairly good, right? Well, BYU as a team shot 50.9% from the field, 29 of 57. They only shot 6 of 20 from three-point, which is not great considering BYU has been such a high volume and high percentage shooting from three-team this year. They only shot 30% in this game. But they were undone by the number one team in the country, who in the second half alone, Gonzaga shot 73.9%. For the game, the Zags were 56.1% from the field. They were 42.9% from beyond the arc. And they looked very much like the number one team in the country. There's no doubt about it. I thought BYU acquitted themselves just fine in this because you go into this game without Yoli Childs and he warmed up before the game. It looked like it was just all a big ploy to make Gonzaga second guess their game plan, etc. Ultimately never came off the bench. I still think he's going to be out for a more significant period of time than the one to two weeks or the seven to ten days you keep hearing from the BYU coaching staff because if you hear Mark Pope talk about it, Yoli Childs, he's got to make sure that that wound doesn't reopen because when you have a bone stick out of your skin, that's it's never an ideal situation. And a lot of people have speculated that most of these injuries that happen like this, these open dislocations, they require surgery to make sure the problem is ultimately fixed. It sounds like Yoli Childs is going to avoid having an operation on this finger, and the hope is that that wound heals up and, it, and he'll be able to return to the court in short order. But I still think he's going to be out longer than what we're being told. I don't, I'm not reporting anything. It's just my kind of my gut feeling on everything I've heard from people about this. I just don't see 
how he's going to be up back on the court in short order. Could he return this week? Absolutely. I know he's been chomping at the bit to play, obviously. BYU has two big games this weekend in Northern California. They're facing off against Pacific and San Francisco. Uh, it's a three-game road trip overall with the road trip against Gonzaga this past weekend and then those two games uh, going on this week for BYU. But looking at it, it's it's a big opportunity for BYU because I feel like right now they acquitted themselves well at Gonzaga and Gonzaga looked very much the part of the number one team in the country and they rolled over BYU. Uh, the Cougars just never were able to get that game uh, to where they were within striking distance, can ultimately overcome the deficit. Gonzaga, every time BYU tried to make a charge, they just held them off at arm's length. Uh, TJ Haas and Jake Toulson were BYU's leading scorers in this game. Haas leading with 16 points on the night, while Toulson scored 16. Conversely, Killian Tilly, massive showing for him, 22 points and 10 rebounds, a double-double for him. Uh, Philip Petrusev, one of their other star big forwards, uh, left the game early after only scoring 5 points. It's like he suffered a pretty significant leg injury, but the early reports are it's maybe not as significant as some think it might be. So that's the good news for Gonzaga because they're carrying the torch for the West Coast Conference. But it looks like right now that BYU, they're still on track to make the NCAA tournament because if they take care of business against the teams they're supposed to take care of, a business against, we're talking Pacific and San Francisco this week, essentially beat everybody not named St. Mary's and Gonzaga. And the hope is that you knock off both St. Mary's and Gonzaga on your home court coming up here over the next month or so when they do make their return trip to the Marriott Center. And then you're sitting pretty going into tournament selection time. I feel like BYU is an NCAA tournament team. I think most of the national media who prognosticate this stuff feel the same way. And the rankings reflect that. We'll see how it all ultimately plays out for the Cougars. But all they can do is control the controllable. And that that means they've just got to go out and continue to win games that they're supposed to win. You cannot drop games out of Pacific, out of San Francisco this week or going forward. You can't go to Portland, San Diego. You can't go to LMU, etc. You can't drop those games to have any hope of making the NCAA tournament. BYU is a member of the West Coast Conference. As most of you know, listening to this podcast walks a very fine line because they're part of a quote-unquote mid-major conference. And if you have disappointing losses in conference play that is going to knock you down in the NCAA tournament selection committee's mind and you have to make sure that you don't give them any excuse to keep you out of the tournament because BYU annually is going to get underseeded because of the fact they don't play on Sunday. What you have to take care of business though most of all is just make sure you don't have any of those losses that make them think you know what Maybe they're not deserving of a spot here. And I think the loss to Gonzaga, it was expected. BYU played, I think, relatively well. You shoot 50% on an opposing team's home court. You score 69 points. You do pretty you did pretty well, I think. So BYU now turns their attention this week to facing off against Pacific and San Francisco. Take care of business. Get through this three-game road trip, the longest road trip in conference play for BYU. You win go two and one in that conference road trip. You're probably sitting pretty at that point to continue building your resume as a non as an at-large team because it looks like Gonzaga they're gonna be hard to stop in terms of winning the West Coast Conference regular season and tournament titles but that's why they played the games we'll have to see what shakes out when they finally get on the court together 
both in Provo and then down there in Las Vegas come conference tournament time if it comes to that. All right, there you go. Some of my thoughts on BYU and Gonzaga as well as BYU basketball as they look forward. We'll switch gears here in just a moment, catch up with the BYU football program. There's plenty to talk about there. Uh, two guys that decided to return to school in both Matt Bushman and Kyrus Tonga spoke about this the, the decision last week. We'll play some of their comments about that and, of course, catch up on everything else going on in BYU football. Uh, BYU signee showing out in a postseason, postseason showcase event as well as Diane Gonwoloku doing very well. We'll talk about all of that here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, a reminder for you guys, if you want to listen to this podcast, we make it real easy for you. Your smart devices, your smartphone, your smart speakers, all you have to do is tell it to play podcast Locked On Cougars, and that way you stay up to date with all of the latest in BYU sports news. We need to be your one-stop shop for all things BYU sports to keep you updated on everything you need to know about each and every day, and you can make it real easy on yourself. Just like I said, tell your smart speaker or your smartphone, play podcast Locked On Cougars, and be the smartest BYU fan in the room. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, guys, catching up on everything going on in BYU football news. Let's start off in the pro ranks, former Cougars and the pros. A big congratulations to BYU alums Daniel Sorensen and Fred Warner, as well as Kansas City Chiefs head coach Andy Reid and a BYU alum himself. All three of them making it to the 54th Super Bowl, or Super Bowl 54, as we like to call it. And it should be a fun game. I think these are the two best teams clearly in the NFL this season. You got Patrick Mahomes on one side, Jimmy Garoppolo on the other. BYU alum playing on defense facing off against both of those superstar quarterbacks and I think it's going to be a fun game so congratulations to Andy Reid, Daniel Sorensen and Fred Warner all of them playing roles in the AFC and NFC championship wins they had yesterday and I look forward to the Super Bowl game I'm excited hopefully all of these guys have an opportunity if you listen to this podcast you know I'm a San Francisco 49ers fan I grew up a Niners fan ever since the days of Joe Montana and Steve Young and I'll be rooting for Fred Warner. I'm not going to lie. I want the Niners to win the Super Bowl, obviously. But I won't be too upset if it ultimately comes out that, you know what, the Chiefs win because of Andy Reid. He's been a longtime coach of the pro ranks, come very close multiple times, and it'd be cool to see him finally break through and win a Super Bowl ring, along with Daniel Sorensen, just kind of what he's done uh, for the Chiefs in his six-year NFL career. So it's going to be a fun uh, Super Bowl coming up. We'll chase some interviews, see if we can get some of these guys on the podcast. It's a busy time of year, obviously, but we'll see what we can do. Uh, two former BYU players are trying to make it into the pro ranks and took part in postseason events over the weekend, Austin Lee took part in the East-West Shrine Bowl. He had a lot of snaps on both defense and special teams. He unofficially had four tackles in that game in the East-West Shrine Bowl. So congratulations to Austin Lee. I think he's a guy that has an opportunity to make an NFL roster. Probably not going to be an NFL draft pick per se unless the team really falls in love with him and he tests extremely well. But I think he has the opportunity to make an impression and hopefully make an NFL roster. Also, Diane Gonwoluku took part in the NFLPA 
collegiate bowl over the weekend, and he had one of the highlight plays of the entire game. He played for the national team in the 30-20 win over the American team in that game at the Rose Bowl. Uh, Diane Goluku chased down wide receiver on a 40-yard pass and actually stripped it. He came in just with a tomahawk chop, chopped it out, and recovered the fumble. Also had one solo tackle in that game, so a fantastic showing for Diane. I think he's got an outside shot at getting drafted. If he continues to play well in postseason showcase events, he'll obviously need to test well as well, regardless if it's a pro day or if he does make the NFL Combine. If he tests well, I think he's got an opportunity to make the NFL. He's showed well in the NFL PA game. I think that that is going to raise some eyebrows from NFL scouts saying, okay, what has this young man got that we maybe have missed on? And I'm telling you guys, I think that if NFL scouts really pay attention, Diane Gonwoluku is going to show the playmaking ability that made him a star in Provo at the next level and wish both him and Austin Lee nothing but the best. Uh, coming up this week, I believe the Hula Bowl is taking part, and Austin Convensis is among uh, players taking part in that. We'll have more updates on that. Should be a fun event there. And then one other note before we get to the biggest news, I think, in BYU football is that a Soljay Mayava, BYU quarterback that signed with the team during the early signing window in December, had a fantastic, fantastic game. Um, at the Polynesian Bowl, a postseason showcase event for collegiate uh, high school going into college prospects. And I think that Soljay Maiava had might be the best performance of the Polynesian Bowl. He had a, a touchdown run with just over a minute to go to get the go-ahead score to give Team Malka a 20-13 victory against Team Mackay in the fourth annual Polynesian Bowl. Uh, he's a three-star prospect. He was head, coached by Steve Spurrier. It was kind of funny how Steve Spurrier went about things in this game. Every play featured a new quarterback, DJ Wingalele, uh, who was signed with Clemson as well as Oregon signing Robbie Ashford, along with Soljay Maiava. They switched snaps every play. There wasn't series by series. Steve Spurrier kept sending them in play by play, and it was cool to see uh, Maiava have a great showing on his home turf. He grew up on Oahu, playing at Aloha Stadium, obviously moved away to finish out his high school career in Washington, D.C. All three of the quarterbacks combined to pass for 225 yards in the game, but Maiava was named the All-Star Game's offensive MVP, scored uh, by throwing to Demon Demas on a wide receiver screen early on in the game, and then later on added that touchdown run, which proved to be the difference in the win, so fantastic to see a guy that's coming to BYU show extremely well, showed ability to throw the ball as well as the ability to score with his feet, and that's going to be exciting for BYU fans to see uh, what uh, Soljay Maiava can do for the Cougars going forward. He was 8 of 10 officially in the game, 73 yards and a touchdown, added 29 yards on the ground. Of course, that game-winning score with under two minutes to go. Um, as the guys out there at the game, I believe Blair Angelo from 24-7 Sports said that, quote, the BYU signing is a gamer. He's not going to blow you away with his physical tools, but under the lights, he just make, makes plays. And that's fantastic to hear about a guy like Soljay Maiava. All right, a couple other notes for you here is that BYU held some media availability on Friday to meet with both Matt Bushman as well as Kyrus Tonga, both of them announcing they're going to return to BYU for their senior seasons uh, this coming fall. Well, they made some comments about why they ultimately made the decision. We'll start off with Matt Bushman. Here's why he decided to come back to BYU. There wasn't like a huge one big reason why I wanted to stay, um, but it was just a lot of small things coming together. I mean, there were times where my wife and I, like, every other day, we're like, I think we're going to go. And then the next day, no, I think, like, 
think we're going to stay now. So it was just really back and forth. But then um, kind of after meeting with coaches, after praying about it, um, that just solidified more of the assurance that, okay, if I stay, I can definitely improve on some things. Hopefully, um, first of all, help our team have a better season. I mean, we want to, we're not happy with the mediocre seven and six season. So we want to uh, improve on that, but also hopefully if I can improve on some of my weaknesses and just get stronger this off season, um, kind of increase my, my stock for the next year's draft as well. Did you get feedback from NFL personnel about maybe what what round you would have went or gone in in, in the draft? Um, it was kind of it's interesting, like how vague it can be. Um, so there's a lot of people saying if I if I tested well and um, put out good numbers, then maybe in the lower like three to four range. But um, they're also like being realistic, probably like that four to six, four to seven range. So yeah, I mean. That's definitely not what, like, I wouldn't want to leave and get picked in the later rounds or go undrafted. So I think it was smart for me to stay, kind of better myself and know that um, if I improve on some things, I can hopefully solidify the future and also just have a, have a better BYU season. There you go, Matt Bushman, BYU tight end. And I can tell you guys, as I reported on this podcast multiple times, he kept going back and forth every other day, and you heard him say it. Was it one day he'd wake up, yeah, I'm going to go to the NFL. The next day I'd wake up, you know what, I want to come back to BYU. I believe Matt has plenty to work on. I'm just hoping that his age doesn't work against him here. I'm not sure how much more he can improve his draft stock beyond what it already was. That's just my personal opinion. But we wish him nothing but the best as he works out this offseason, trying to get into shape as well improve on some of his skills to improve his ability to play at the next level. Now, Kyrus Tonga, a guy who was very open about wanting to leave and go to the NFL after this past season, well, he made a surprise decision to return to BYU, and here's why he made that decision. It was a tough one. Uh, a lot of, I had to talk to my parents and uh, all the coaches, but the decision was made and just happy to be here. When did you kind of make it? Was it before the bowl game or after? Or uh, was, was there a point where you just made it? I I, I kind of have my mindset uh, on leaving uh, way before uh, the bowl game. And it stayed like that even after the bowl game until, uh, until I started talking with my dad and uh, with, with my family. And um, I kind of just put more thought into it and uh, talked to Coach Kalani and Coach uh, Elisa. And... I just made the decision to uh, to return, and I'm just uh, happy with this. So. What did you hear back as far as assessment from the NFL, if any? Yeah, so uh, I didn't really I didn't really get to talk with them or like the, see what they were saying. So I kind of I kind of just uh, I still wanted to go, uh, even though I wasn't really getting much back. But uh, after talking to my parents, like I said, just uh, it just felt right to. To, to come back and uh, finish off my senior year. 
there you go, Kairos Tonga, and it sounds like family was a big part of why he came back. Uh, later on in the interview, he kind of highlighted the fact that he's so close to getting his degree. He's studying communications, wants to go into sports media. I'd be happy to have him as a partner here on the podcast if and when that day comes. But cool to hear him say, you know what, after talking with my family, I'd have, I had my mindset I was going to do it, and then I thought better of it, decided to come back. BYU is the beneficiary of, beneficiary of having both of these guys back in a BYU uniform for one more year. I wish them nothing but the best as they try to improve on their NFL draft stock. Hopefully they stay healthy. Hopefully they work on the skills that they feel like they need to develop for the next level, and I think it's going to be a fun season coming up this year. As I've said multiple times already on this podcast, I'm bullish on this BYU 2020 team. I don't necessarily convinced they're going to go out and have a 10-win season per se, but I think there's a lot of talent there, and having two of your better players on the offensive and defensive side of the ball in Bushman and Tonga cannot hurt your chances for a special season. All right, I'll catch up on everything else going on in BYU sports here in just a moment. There's a lot to catch up on from the weekend that was in BYU women's basketball, volleyball, all of that. We'll run that down for you here in just a moment. Before we do that, though, guys, if you've been a listener of this podcast for any length of time, I'm sure you've heard about all the great advertisers that work with us here on the Locked On Sports Networks. But you may not know that Locked On Cougars is a great way for your local business to reach passionate BYU fans just like you. Unlike any other podcast network, Locked On gives your local company the unique ability to reach local podcast listeners and not just any podcast listener a locked on podcast listener if your company wants to connect with BYU fans and a predominantly male audience that is well educated with disposable income then let's put your company right here on this locked on Cougars podcast local fans love local businesses and supporting those businesses text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising and let us know who you are we'll get our team to help you achieve locked on advertising success once again you can text the word advertising to 33777 or visit lockedonpodcast.com slash advertising we look forward to hearing from you and getting you on this podcast love to have you guys on board with locked on cougars it's kubota orange day shop the years of best selection of kubota tractors zero turn mowers and utility vehicles including the number one selling compact tractor in the usa and now through June 30, get 0% APR for 84 months or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. All right, guys, catching up on everything else going on in BYU sports news before we wrap up this Monday edition of the show. Let's start off the BYU men's volleyball, the number two ranked team in the country. They swept both of their matches in Mount Olive, North Carolina against Mount Olive at Cornegay Arena over the weekend, both Friday and Saturday. In the second match, BYU won 25-20, 25-23, 25-16. So congratulations to men's volleyball. That's their sixth straight win in a row to open up their season. They will be on the road this weekend uh, taking on number seven UC Irvine in the Bren Event Center in Irvine, California this week. They'll first meet Wednesday before also playing on Friday, both of those down there in Irvine, California. If you're a Southern California listener, you can go support the number two ranked team in the country. Off to a great start this season, obviously, 6-0, and and looking forward to keep it rolling this week against the Anteaters down there in Irvine. Other news you need to catch up on is women's basketball won again this past weekend. They beat St. Mary's 65-55. Brennan, a draw... 
Brenna Chase Drollinger added 18 points, while Kaylee Smiler scored a career-high 19 points in that victory for BYU as they beat the Gales 65-25, to and that's a fantastic showing. Women's basketball had gone off to a slow start in West Coast Conference play. It's nice to see them picking up steam a little bit here. They'll be back in action at the Marriott Center this Thursday as they take on San Francisco at 11 a.m. Mountain Time. That game will be broadcast live on BYU TV and also streamed on the BYU TV app. You can get tickets at BYUtickets.com for that game on Thursday. Hopefully, Jeff Judkins and his team can keep it rolling here. Got a little bit of a head of steam here, and hopefully they just keep on going with that. One final note for you guys today is that BYU Athletics, the athletic department overall, finished the 2019 fall season ranked number five in the nation in the Learfield Directors' Cup Division I final fall standings. It ties the highest fall ranking in school history. They've also been ranked number five in 1998, 2001, 2003, 2016, as well as 2018. The Olympic sports at BYU are just phenomenal right now. I know a lot of people complain about the fact that they feel like that's taking away from BYU football and even BYU basketball to a degree, and maybe it very well is the case, but the good news is is that there's a well-rounded athletic department down there in Provo, and I think BYU fans, you should revel in that. It's cool to see programs like men's cross country win their first ever national championship. It's fun to see BYU women's volleyball being among the elite each and every year, just like men's volleyball so far this season they're part of the winter sports but it is awesome awesome to see the olympic sports and we call them olympic sports because that's just the easiest way to group them together accomplishing accomplishing things at an extremely high level i think it's to be celebrated it's cool to see them rank number five in the learfield directors cup division one standings i think they'll probably fall out of the top 10 by the end of the year that's just kind of how things go stanford it seems like an annual tradition that the cardinal win this uh, learfield cup every year they've knocked off a couple of times but annually they seem to always win it but it's cool to see byu with a very well-rounded athletic department and I think that's something that should be celebrated rather than denigrated as if you're just a BYU football fan saying, well, they're taking away from BYU football. That very well could be the case, but the good news is regardless, BYU sports as a whole have never been in a better spot, and I think that's a fantastic development for the BYU athletic department. Looking forward to seeing what they do in this winter slash spring period. Hopefully teams like softball, volleyball, the tennis programs, men's and women's golf, all of them can have good showings and help BYU maybe stay in the top 10 or possibly the top five of the Learfield Cup. It would be cool to see them finish with a high finish in that series. All right, that's going to do it for us today. Thanks again for joining us on a Monday edition of the show. Coming up this week, we're going to get to some of the comments from Kalani Satake. He was on the Zone Sports Network last week, kind of putting a capper on the 2019 season, but also looking forward to the offseason. Got plenty of comments from him that we'll dissect this week on the podcast. Like I said, catching up on everything else going on in BYU sports news each and every day. And our all-decade team for BYU football continues to roll on. We'll continue to count down those players as well, looking back at the 2010s in BYU football. All right, that'll do it for today's edition of the podcast. Thanks again for joining us. Please subscribe and give us a favorable rating and review on whichever podcast provider you're listening to this podcast on. It really does help get the word out about the show, and it's a blast to be with you guys each and every day talking BYU sports. Want to continue to build the audience and help BYU fans everywhere know about their favorite teams. All right, we'll talk to you tomorrow. This has been Locked On Cougars for January 20th, 2020.
Hey Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.